Welcome to the 24-Minute Bible Podcast featuring Pastor Mark Miner, where we will journey together to help you grasp how the Bible fits together to provide a coherent, understandable, and historical book. The purpose of this podcast is not to convince, but to help you understand. Not to defend, but to connect the dots of this most amazing book. Not to debate, but to discover the plan of the Bible. There is a plan. If you enjoy what you hear today, please leave us a review. It really does help us. And now, here's Pastor Mark. Well, you know, every good movie, every good story, every good drama uh, has a conclusion. And that's what we're looking at today as we come to Revelation, the final chapter, as we'll actually be looking at the chapters of Revelation, chapter 20, 21, and 22. Uh, So uh, welcome to the 24-Minute Bible Podcast. We're episode 36 today. I simply give you the numbers because I hope you have an opportunity to go back and listen to some of the other episodes. We have been taking our time these last 36 weeks and working our way through the Bible, a simple journey to understand God's Word, the Bible. I hope you've been a part. If you've, if you've been a part of all 36 lessons, you need a gold star. Uh, you need a gift card, a Cracker Barrel, something. I need to give you something for enduring this time. I hope you've enjoyed it. I certainly have enjoyed sharing as we've walked so far in uh, this uh, adventure. It is for me anyway to uh, record for you every week, uh, hopefully a 24, 25-minute episode. And that's what we're doing today, episode 36, Revelation, the final chapter. But before we get going, I want to just tell you where we are going to be going. Because the 24-Minute Bible podcast is, we're, we're on the book of Revelation, but we're not done by a long stretch. And so I want to encourage you, if you've been with me for 36 weeks, or if this is your first or second episode, and we have new listeners each week, thank you for joining and hope you are enjoying and gaining valuable information as we walk through this. But let me tell you where we're going to be going as we look uh, at the Bible and continue to look at the Bible, continue to have as our thesis, as our plan, a simple plan to understand this journey, God's plan called the Bible. We've been looking at it chronologically. We started in Genesis. We end now in Revelation. We're going to continue to look at it only instead of chronologically. We're going to look at it more topically. For example, the next episode, which will be coming up on June 16th, I believe, that Thursday, the next episode of the 24-Minute Bible podcast is entitled, What Really Happened? in the Garden of Eden. And we're going to be talking not just about the geography of the Garden of Eden, we may reference that, but more importantly, what took place that has impacted humanity there in that episode in Genesis chapter 3. So we're going to be digging deeply to the sociological and the psychological implications that, uh, and don't let those words scare you, it's just simply Humanity got broken. We're going to be talking about what transpired and how it impacts us to this very day. You know, the Bible is is like a rosebud, and uh, as uh, you look at a rosebud, it's beautiful, but that's not the full glory of 
the flower. What needs to happen with that rosebud is that it opens. And as it opens, you see more and more of the glory of the reason that that flower was created. Well, the Bible is that way. We have been looking at rosebuds, if you will, just uh, simple items as we've talked through the Bible. Now we're going to step back and begin to open or unfold the glory of some events that take place to help you understand, to lay foundation for a deeper understanding of the Bible. Uh, When you're six or seven years old, you read a book and you get it at that level. When you're a teenager, perhaps you read the same book and you understand it differently. It hasn't changed. It's just that you've changed. You've matured. You have much more of a basis for understanding knowledge and and, uh, reasoning uh, as you read through it. And of course, as an adult, particularly after you have a family, that changes your whole equation of looking at things. Well, that's kind of the way it is with the Bible. Uh, the more foundation you lay, the more knowledge you get, uh, the more the Bible becomes complete. It begins to fit together, and you begin to see God's heart in every page, in every word. As Jesus said, not one jot or tittle uh, is without meaning. And so our goal, our purpose, is to understand that meaning, but it takes time as the rosebud unfolds. And so we're going to continue to unfold things. I'd also mention to you uh, that there's a 24-minute Bible podcast Facebook page. So if you're on Facebook, you can go to my Facebook page. You may have some suggestions for topics. You may have some comments or even some complaints. That's okay. I'm used to that. I'm married. So uh, go there if you'd like and uh, check that out and uh, give me some input. I I would certainly uh, appreciate it. You know, as we've been looking at the Bible, it's important to understand that we are eternal creatures. We, we have a beginning, but we really don't have an end. And uh, what we experience in these last few chapters of Revelation is not an end so much as it is a transition. The final three chapters of Revelation, uh, 20, 21, and, and 22, uh, apprise us of, of what's going to take place. God's going to pivot, if you will. Uh, In essence, uh, God is revealing his transitions of history, of humanity, and of what takes place, what happens to Satan and those who might have chosen to uh, worship him as, as their follower of their Lord. So uh, we're going to be talking about, uh, and in these chapters, uh, we understand that time Uh, which is an important thing throughout the Bible, time as we know it uh, is going to come to an end. The sun, the moon, and the stars, they are God's timepiece, God's clock. Everything that we experience is based on that. What happens when all of the creation is rolled up like a scroll, which is what Isaiah says is going to happen. So we will no longer have time as we know it. Uh, We will enter into a new era, if you will, the era of eternity. God is an eternal being. We who are made in his image, are also eternal beings. You're going to spend eternity somewhere. Satan also, the fallen angel and those that have followed him, both angelic and humanic, uh, are, uh, who, uh, <clears throat> they are also going to spend their eternity somewhere because they are eternal beings. All of that to say we will all dwell in a new realm, the realm of eternal things. Now, please don't ask me to explain all this. I'm in way over my head already. I just simply want to say that what we're looking at here is some heavenly transitions in these final three chapters of the Bible, of the book of Revelation, 
Uh, <clears throat> and we understand that uh, the, these so much of what God has been uh, building toward a climactic, climactic finish, if you will, hinges on these three chapters. And so we understand the Bible uh, and where it's going by looking at what we're going to see here in the book of Revelation, chapters 20, 21, and 22. Before we get to that, uh, to help us understand these three chapters, let's ask ourselves a few important questions or understandings. We're at the end of the book. And for me, a movie makes sense when I understand where they're going. Oh, that's why they did that, or that's why this character uh, was brought into the plot. Well, we need to do that in regards to the Bible. So the first question we might ask ourselves is, why? What was God's purpose in this whole cosmic drama? Well, we, we find that answer probably most completely in Revelation chapter 4, uh, verse 11, where God says uh, these words, And for thy pleasure we are created. It's very simple. You are created for the pleasure of God. You give God joy. He loves you, and he created you for this very purpose. The word in the Greek there is thelema, and it means what one wishes or what one has determined to sh that shall be done. Well, God determined that he wanted us. We get another clue to this whole question of what the purpose of it all is. Uh, as we watch and look and read about Jesus, particularly in the Gospels, and the relation that, that Jesus, the Son of God, the, the, the Savior on the earth, had when he was here on earth with God. You know, there are many titles for God. There's Jehovah, there's Lord, there's Almighty, there's the great I Am. And all these titles, and they're, they're magnificent and they're true. But I believe that we find the why, the purpose, in, in one title. And it's a title that uh, Jesus used every time he addressed God. It is the word, Father. That is the title that Jesus always used when he referred. Remember, our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come. We see Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane, and he says, Abba, Father, as he's crying out in distress, but then he realizes that he's about to go to the cross. Uh, we see Jesus, of course, every time he's, he talks uh, to God, he uses the word Father, except for that one time when he's on the cross and he becomes our sin. And at least I believe that at that moment there was a separation between God the Father and God the Son. God turned his back on his only boy. And Jesus cries out, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Every other time in the scripture, it's Father. But there's an important principle to grasp when we to understand this, this concept, if you will. You know, you can't be a leader unless you have followers. You can't be a king without subjects. You really aren't much of a shepherd if you don't have any sheep. And you can't be a father without children. And that's really, I think, at the simplest and most uh, germane part of God's heart is to understand that God is a father. And he has created or begun this whole process explained to us through the Bible, but begun before the Bible was written, because he wanted a family. He wanted you and me. God's purpose in creating the world, and most specifically people, is so that he could be a father and have a family. We are the reason for it all. A people for our God, who is love. That's what God says he is. God is love. First John 
talks about that. And what does love do? It pours out blessings and gifts upon the object of the love. And you are the object, the focus, the recipient of his love and will be for all of eternity. I can't wait. I hope you can't either. There's a second thing to consider here, and it has to do with Satan. Because many times I've been asked, well, why, why did God even allow Satan to exist? Could he have not stopped the devil? Could he have not crushed him into cosmic dust? And the answer is yes. But Satan also has a part in this drama, if you will, as the tempter. You see, love demands a choice. For love to be mature and genuine, we must choose one over the other. That's why God put two trees in the Garden of Eden. The tree of knowledge of good and evil, don't touch that. The tree of life, you can have all of that you want. There was a choice. There's always a choice. To love God means to choose him. If there is no alternative, then there can be no choice. We are, however, free moral agents. We have a sovereignty of our own. We decide who we will follow. In the Garden of Eden, sadly, our predecessors, Adam and Eve, chose to follow the enemy. They handed the title deed of planet Earth over to the enemy, and we lost that which God had given us. But love does demand a choice. Oftentimes when I'm doing a wedding as a pastor, well, not oftentimes, every time, I use these words as part of the vows, and I'm going to say it from the context of asking the man. The words are very familiar. I say this, will you love, honor, cherish, and keep her, uh, and forsaking all others, keep yourself to her and to her only for as long as you both shall live? Those are the words of of the vows that we use in, in, in a wedding. Now, if the guy says, no, I'm not going to do that. I want two or three other wives. I want to do what I want to do on certain days, and I'll be faithful when I care to be faithful. Well, I'm going to tell you, at that moment, the wedding's off. As far as I'm concerned, we're out the door. You can return the gifts if you want, because that wedding is over. Or, of course, uh, as Jesus said, you can't serve two masters. You can't have two choices. You choose Satan or you choose God. So say yes to him if you haven't, because you can't love both. And, and lastly, just to understand here in, in, uh, in this concept of the Bible, why, why did God do the Bible? Why did, he God, why did God write it, this sort of odd piecemeal document that we sometimes struggle with understanding? Well, God wants to give us a plan, and he wants to give us an explanation of his love, and he has done it wonderfully through the Bible. Now, you might not look at it that way, because the Bible, there's strange names, there's odd places, there's, there's uh, very uh, interesting scenarios that God includes in his book. But understand from God's standpoint, the book wasn't written just to you. The book was written for every culture that has ever lived. Over the millennia, the 6,000 plus years of time, for people from all walks of life, from the sophisticated businessman in Manhattan to the farmer to the uh, individual that's running around in the jungles of Brazil, all walks of life. You may say the Bible is weird. I would say to you, the Bible is amazing and it has worked. It communicates God's love. So as we jump into these three chapters of Revelation, these last three chapters, we're going to be talking, as we always do, about three different things. First, we're going to look at the imprisonment of Satan. Secondly, we're going to talk about the great wide throne judgment. And then lastly, we're going to talk about Eden restored. We're going to talk about what's going to take place for you and I uh, in the end game. So uh, uh, 
let's let's jump right on into to that uh, idea right now and talk about the imprisonment of Satan. Uh, what what would Earth be like if Adam, Adam and Eve had never sinned? What would have happened if they would have said no and rebuked the enemy and he had to go away? Well, Earth would have been a perfect place to live. There would have been no corruption, no disease, no uh, affliction, no killing, uh, no sorrow. It, it would have been a, a pristine environment in which mankind could have existed. Sadly, of course, as we know, that's not the case. But what happens? What's the purpose of the imprisonment of Satan? Well, I would suggest to you that God's will is never thwarted or defeated. It was postponed some thousands of years. But what God has said will happen will happen. And what God's intentions to do will, will be done. And that's really what takes place during this Revelation chapter 20, verses 1 through 10. We see the imprisonment of the enemy. He's thrown into this prison, bound in some kind of spiritual heavenly chains. Uh, <clears throat> and now we see an earth without Satan. No more temptation. No more uh, seducing. Now we have an earth that's living at peace. The earth, the animals, the atmosphere... And, of course, humanity has never experienced what life on earth could and should have been like without sin. But during this thousand-year period, sometimes called the millennium, we will know what it is like. What God began with Adam and Eve in the garden will come to pass in the end. As Adam and Eve's children dwell on earth for a thousand years in an existence without a devil. We read about this uh, scenario in the book of Isaiah quite often where it says uh, the lion will lay down with the lamb. Of course, that wouldn't take place today in this broken earth. But remove the corruption, remove Satan, remove all the damage that he has done. And the book of Isaiah comes true. These words, by the way, are engraved upon, some of them are engraved upon the United Nations building in mankind's quest for peace. But there is no peace, of course, without God without his presence, but still it's a great objective to move towards, so I'm not being critical at all. The, the book of Isaiah says that the child will play near the cobra's den and will even put his hand in the viper's nest. No fear. The snake will not bite him because there's peace, not just between human beings, but between human beings and the animals that were subjected to corruption and to uh, death because of what we did in the Garden of Eden as we handed the deed over. Now, animals have uh, gone into bondage. And we even read about that in the book of Revelation, or excuse me, the book of Romans uh, chapter 8, where it says that creation will be liberated from its bondage to decay. All creation will begin to live in peace during this thousand-year reign, and peace will be upon the earth. It's paradise restored. So we read about the conclusion of Satan, or at least during this period of time, uh, this thousand-year period of time, Revelation 20, 1 through 10. Then we continue on in Revelation 20, and we read about something that we've all heard of, the great white throne judgment. Well, I'm going to suggest to you, by the way, if you're a, a faith, uh, faithful follower of Christ, that you're not going to be at this judgment. This judgment isn't for you, because your judgment was at the cross when you accepted uh, Christ's penalty being paid for you by his bloodshed on the cross, uh, your fate was sealed, and it wasn't a bad thing. You admitted that you have done wrong. You were found guilty. Somebody else paid 
your penalty. And that's what Jesus did on the cross. So you're free. Free indeed, as John uh, writes in his gospel. But the great white throne judgment is us seeing God and the universe, if you will, seeing God as just and righteous. Uh, He allows us, uh, all of us, as free moral agents and with a free and sovereign will, he allows us to choose what we will. Those who have rejected God and his invitation to join him in his house, to be a part of his family, if you will, those individuals will have their wish. Uh, Christians, again, I think will not be at this judgment. I think this is simply those uh, where, that have chosen to reject God, living perhaps and dead as well. The sea gave up their dead and the scripture, you can read it there in Revelation. But there will be a, a judgment uh, and it's God showing his just and righteous nature. What you have chosen you will receive. I, I love what uh, C.S. And, and again, that's not being a criticism. I mean, the people who don't want God, it would not be a loving thing for God to force someone who hates him or who denies him, who totally rejects him. It would not be a loving thing for God to force them to live with him in heaven. And so God created this place uh, where the great white throne judgment is... is uh, defining who goes where. He created this place uh, for Satan and his angels, the Bible says in Matthew 25, a place called hell. Uh, It wasn't created for people. It was created for the devil and his angels. But for those who reject God, there will be this, this judgment. And we will see all of our deeds will be shown for what they are. No one will have an excuse to say, oh, wait a minute, you made a mistake, God. Uh, God's reckoning the books. He's reconciling. He's looking to see, to make sure, uh, to let you know, those who who have rejected Christ, to to define for them, I'm giving you what you wanted. I like what C.S. Lewis said. Uh, C.S. Lewis, uh, I believe it was C.S. Lewis, uh, who made this quote, in the end, we will either say to God, thy will be done, or God will say to us, Thy will be done. In other words, our will be done. Because we are created in the image of God and we can choose. And that's God's greatest compliment to the human race is allowing us to choose what we will do and where we will live and what kind of people we will be, who we will follow, if you will. You know, you can have anything you want on this earth. You really can. Uh, You can go after whatever you so choose. You may not obtain everything you want, but you have the free will to pursue any direction you want. If you want an eternity apart from or away from God, hey, thy will be done. If you want an eternity with God, and this is really what the book of Revelation is saying, you have every opportunity, perhaps even, uh, in a sense, second chances for those who maybe miss the rapture and realize as they're living on this planet during these last uh, seven years of tribulation, last episode, I, I expressed my theological ideas, take these with a lot of grains of salt, that, that the, the Bible from Revelation 4 all the way to the end is talking about the tribulation years and what's going to take place on planet Earth. I think there will be some people during those years that realize I missed God. 
Maybe some people and family members or generations down the road of your family that will realize because you lived a godly life and left the legacy, they may have rejected it, but they may have an opportunity while still here on planet Earth to accept Christ during that tribulation period. I don't know for sure. I'm just giving you some thoughts there. But I will say this. As human beings, we have the option to choose or to reject God. And that really is what the great white throne judgment is all about. Lastly, and and we find in uh, Revelation chapter 21 and 22, we get a vision of a new heaven and a new earth. And there's a city that comes down out of heaven from God and and so many things. And and our purpose is not to get into all those uh, specific things, but it is, in a sense, a whole new existence, a transition to a new eternal way of life. I'll read to you out of uh, Revelation 22. It says, Then the angel showed me the river of the water of life, as clear as crystal, flowing from the throne of God and of the Lamb, flowing down the middle of the great street of that city. On each side of the river stood the tree of life. Where have we heard about the tree of life? Genesis. So from Genesis to Revelation, we're bringing things together. And that tree of life, the scripture continues on, is bearing 12 crops of fruit, yielding its fruit each month, every month. And the leaves of the tree are for the healing of the people, of the nations. And no longer will there be any curse. The throne of God and of the Lamb will be in the city, and his servants will serve him. Now, I don't pretend to understand all of this, and it's not our purview to get into all that, but I just want to say to you, there is a heaven. And what God began with mankind, he is concluding by welcoming us into eternity. And that is really the whole purpose of redemption through the Bible, to bring us into God's family as God's sons and daughters, that we might enjoy an eternity with him, seated at his table, enjoying the feast that he has prepared for us, and all the challenges and joys and and, uh, work in in a positive sense ahead, because we're not going to be sitting around drinking lemonade and doing nothing in heaven. God's going to have things to explore, what he's done on planet Earth, which has been pretty good, let's face it. He has magnified a billion-fold in heaven, eye is not seen, ear is not heard, what God has prepared for those who love him. Can't wait for that day. I have so many people I know that are there right now enjoying it. But as history unfolds, we are right in the middle of it. And this book called the Bible, and particularly this book called Revelation, really explains uh, to us history and where things are heading toward. The very last verse in Revelation uh, chapter 22, verse 20 Uh, says this, he who testifies to these things says, and this is This is Jesus speaking. It's in red letters. If you have a red letter edition Bible, it's the very last words of Jesus when he says, behold, I am coming soon. Well, I look forward to that day and I trust that you will as well. Uh, Let me just remind you as we uh, move forward with the 24-minute Bible podcast, June 17th, Uh, Be tuning in, if you will, looking, uh, following whatever platform, and we'll be talking uh, in episode 37 about what really happened in Eden. I think you're going to enjoy it. I think it'll explain some things for you. I trust you'll continue with me on this journey. So thank you so much for being a part of today's podcast. Look forward to seeing you uh, in a couple of weeks with June 17th, what really happened in Eden. Thank you for being a part today.
God bless. Thank you so much for listening to the 24-Minute Bible Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode and look forward to continuing this journey to understanding the Bible, please subscribe to the channel. And if you would be so kind, please share it with your friends who might enjoy it as well. Join us next week with Mark Miner for another episode as we continue to explore how the Bible so beautifully fits together. May you have a blessed week and may God be glorified in your lives.